Well, good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Well, I want to welcome everybody to Life Center Church. Uh, great to have you guys here on this uh, holiday weekend. Uh, if you're watching online today, we want to welcome you as well. And hey, I want to challenge you, if you are watching online, to take just a second today, uh, go over into the comment section, let us know where you're watching from, who you are. We want to know who you are. We want to connect with you guys uh, as well. All right. How many of you in here, you're, you're thankful for smoked turkey and sweet potato casserole? Come on. Yes. Uh, I was thinking, you know, uh, Thanksgiving's one of those things, man, that, uh, that just keeps giving, right? I mean, uh, how many of y'all are, are still eating leftovers? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah, well, we, we had ours in Texas, so I couldn't bring any home with me. So you can invite me over this afternoon for dinner. I'll still eat it. Uh, but I think smoked turkey is, you know, is something we should probably have once a month. I think it's God's will. I, I really do. <laughs> Daryl Flippo, where are you at? Can I get an amen? Where are you at, Daryl? You in the, Yeah, he is, right there. I know he, he likes that smoked turkey, all right? Well, if you got a Bible with you, I want you to flip over to Exodus chapter 15. Uh, and hey, we're going to have some fun today as uh, I'm teaching. And uh, we're going to be looking at a, several different passages of Scripture. We're going to be bouncing all over the place. Uh, but before we jump in today, guys, I, I want to kind of set our time up together. Uh, as we, we dig in, and I'm going to start with a question. And the question that I want to ask is this. What are you fighting for? What are you fighting for? Now, the answer to that question really can depend uh, on the context and how you ask it, right? You think about that for a second. If I'm on an 11-hour road trip with my kids and they're punching each other out in the back seat of my car, I'm asking the question like this, right? I'm, I'm, I'm looking and turning around and I'm like, I'm, I ask them the question in a very fatherly way. What are you fighting for, right? I mean, that's how I respond. Now, I'm not saying that that happened yesterday, okay? I'm not, I'm not saying that that actually happened. It might have, but anyway. But if, but if I'm talking to you in the context of your life and your future, and we're having a heart-to-heart -heart question, I might ask that very same question like this. Hey, what are you fighting for? What are you fighting for in your life? You see, every single one of us in here we have battles that we fight. Now, the question is, is what we are fighting for worth it? Is what we're fighting for worth it? Guys, did you know that each and every one of us in here, we were created with a heart of a warrior? You know, Scripture tells us that we were created in the image of God. The only problem with that is when a lot of people think about Jesus a lot of people think that he was this meek and he was this mild guy who carried a lamb over his shoulders. Y'all seen those pictures? He's like walking around with a lamb on his shoulders. And my grandmother had a picture of him, blue-eyed, blonde-haired Jesus, all right? And I'm just telling you right now, nobody was afraid of the, the, the picture of Jesus that my grandmother had in her house. But most of us in here, we know that he was full of love. He was full of mercy, and yet... In the Old Testament, there's these images, these metaphors, these pictures of God that show us really a whole other side of God. Scripture tells us that he's a fortress, that he's a shelter, that he's a shield, that he's a redeemer, that he's a rock, that he's a savior. It says he's a consuming fire. 
So in Exodus chapter 15, the passage we're going to start with today, it describes it in a way that very few of us think of him. So let's start verse 3. Y'all can follow along. We'll throw the scripture up on there. But can y'all help me with this, all right? It says the, the Lord, he describes himself as something. He says, the Lord is a? Warrior. All right, let, let's say it again and let's say it like you meant it. The Lord is a? Warrior. Yes. The Lord is his name. Jesus is God in the flesh. And one of his characteristics is that he is a warrior. You know, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, Jesus tells us this. He says, do not suppose that I've come to bring peace on earth. He says, I didn't come to bring peace, but what does it say? I came to bring a sword. That doesn't really sound like somebody who's a pushover, does it? He came with a heart of a warrior. And we see these glimpses all throughout the New Testament as we read along. I mean, you go over to, to John chapter 2. Jesus shows up in John chapter 2 in the temple and he starts flipping over the tables because people had turned his house into a place of thieves. Scripture tells us that he actually made a whip, okay? And he's whipping people and he's whipping animals. And Scripture tells us that he drove all of them out. That's not the Sunday school Jesus that we talk a whole lot about. But that's, that was one of his characteristics. Because one of the craziest stories in the gospel to me is in Luke chapter 4. When Jesus is, is teaching in the temple in his own hometown of Nazareth. And the people get upset with what Jesus is talking about. And they decide that they're going to kill him. And so they drive him, as scripture says, outside of town to a cliff. And they were wanting to push him over the edge. And so scripture says this. It says, but passing through their midst, he went on his way. Passing through their midst. What that meant was that he literally walked right through the middle of the crowd. How do you walk through the middle of a mob of people who want to kill you? Because we don't know for sure exactly how Jesus did that. I mean, I'll look all through commentaries this week just going, what? How, did, how did he do that? But I've got this image of Jesus in my head that he gave them the look. You know what I'm saying? I can't say this for sure, but, but maybe when he turned from the cliff and he looked at him, they saw the look in his eyes. Don't you think, Troy? They saw the look in his eyes. Every guy in this room knows what I'm talking about, the look. The look that you give another guy when, when you're about to throw down. Right? That look says, you don't want none of this. Okay? I, you know, maybe there was a big angel behind him, and, or, or maybe he just parted the, you know, parted the crowd like he parted the Red Sea. Yes, we, we don't know, but whatever it was, the crowd parted, and he walked right through the middle of them. They went from pushing him, you know, totally out of town to getting out of his way. You know, you know the, the ultimate display of a warrior that we know of was seen at the cross and then shortly after the cross. Jesus, 
this carpenter's son. He shed his blood, and for three days and three nights, he went to war. He did battle against every force of wickedness, the devil, every demon in hell. He took on death. He took on sin. He took on the grave. And it was the most important battle in the history of the world. He defeated all of those things, all of the forces of darkness. The stone rolled away. He walked out king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. That's who Jesus is. And then when he returns, let me just tell you very plainly, he's not coming back side saddle on a little donkey, okay? That's not how he's coming back. When he comes back, Scripture tells us that he's going to be on a white horse. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, John has this vision of what this return of Jesus is going to look like. And here's what he said. He says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges. And what does he do? He makes what? He makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. And out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which he will strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter and on his robe and on his thigh is a tattoo that says, King of kings, Lord of lords. Listen, if I was God... Okay, that's the tattoo I'm getting, all right? And I'm going to get it right here on my leg. That's not only impressive, that's scary, okay? This isn't Jesus the lamb. This is Jesus the lion. Guys, that's why I can tell you with confidence today that Jesus is the ultimate warrior. The ultimate warrior. Guys, why is that important for you and I to know that? Guys, it's important because, and I'd write this down, because God has created you and I with a heart of a warrior. And when you're not fighting for the right things, you're going to end up focusing on the wrong things. If you're not fighting for the right things, what's going to happen is you're going to be focused on the wrong things. Many of us are caught up in battles that don't matter because we're not fighting for the things that do matter. We end up fighting against our spouse instead of for our spouse. We end up fighting against our kids instead of for our kids. We end up fighting against our brothers and sisters in Christ in our church instead of fighting for the cause of Christ with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Guys, every warrior needs a cause to fight for. Guys, there's there's something that takes place inside of the heart of every person when they recognize there is a cause outside of themselves for which they are willing to give their lives to. Guys, there's something inside of every one of us. Inside of, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a teenager in this room, if you're a child like my son William, or, or you're an adult in this room, there is something inside of every one of us 
a, a God-given desire to fight for that which is righteous, that which is true, that which is pure. And it was placed into every heart, every heart of the believer. And when we don't pursue it, what happens is we end up fighting the wrong battles. We fight the wrong things. Guys, there's a story in the Old Testament of a guy by the name of Nehemiah. Many of you have heard his story, but he had a cause to fight for. If you, if you remember the story, the walls in his city are broken down. The gates have been burned. God's people have, have, have been oppressed. They've been beaten down. And, and so Nehemiah, he's got this burden on his heart. In Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4, here's what he says. He says, when I heard these things, he said, I sat down and I wept. He says, for some days I mourned and I fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. But you know what? Nehemiah didn't just cry. He did something about it. Guys, in the next several chapters, what he does is he begins to rally the men of the city. And I want you to watch this for a second. I want you to watch how he inspired these men, all right? He, pretty much what he's saying is, men, there's a battle before you. It's coming. And in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14, he says this. He says, don't be afraid of them. He says, don't be afraid of your enemies. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. In that moment, what he's doing is he's reminding them of who their God is. And then he proceeds to tell them the plan, all right? He says, we're going to do what? We're going to, what does he say? We're going to fight. We're going to fight. It's time for a fight. And who are we going to fight for? He goes on to say, he says, fight for your brothers, for your sons, for your daughters, for your wives, for your homes. And from that, we see these men catch it. They catch what he's saying. They catch this, this vision of, of delivering their city, of rebuilding their walls. They're like, let's go. Let's throw down. It's time to go to war. Guys, there's something outside of ourselves for which we desire to fight. And the men in, in, in Nehemiah, what happened? They all rallied around him because there's something about a man that loves to fight for the cause that is outside of themselves. They're like, oh yeah, we'll fight. We'll fight for them. We'll fight for the broken. We'll fight for our families. We'll do that. We'll go to war. Let, let, let me just talk just for a second to the men in the room, all right? For those of you who are men, there is a reason that we don't like chick flicks, right, guys? There is, okay? I'm sorry, ladies. I know you like chick flicks, but chick flicks for a guy are 90 minutes of torture. They are. I, I, you can ask my wife. I fall asleep in the first 10 minutes, okay? I get so bored. I'll watch a chick flick, but it, when I do it, it's only for my wife. I, I, I don't care anything about a chick flick. I'll sacrifice. But you know what? There's something about a man movie. <laughs> Am I right? Yep. There's something that it, it does something for a guy, okay? The first time that I watched Gladiator, I felt closer to God. I'm not joking. I, 
If you'll remember, Russell Crowe in that movie is an absolute beast. I mean, he's a stud. You remember what he said? He's like, brothers, what we do in life will echo in eternity. I'm like, yes. Come on, let's go. I heard that, man. I was ready to go to war. If somebody, you know, was in the parking lot after the movie was over, I probably would have fought them. They would have said something to my wife. I would have been pulled out my knife. It's like, time to go to the arena. Let's go. Men in the room, do y'all remember when you, um, when you first watched Braveheart? Y'all remember that one? Y'all remember the first time you saw Braveheart? I, honestly, I, I even got a sword after watching the movie. Look at this thing. Right. Yes. <laughs> Some of my, my students in one of my student ministries got me this sword. And, and they knew I loved the movie Braveheart. And, and, and so, man, I had to have me a sword, man. I had to, yes, man. I, there were, I mean, I dreamed of being Braveheart, of being William Wallace. That was, that was a, a great, great movie. If you remember the climax of that movie, William Wallace, played by Mel Gibson, he stands up in front of the men of Scotland, and he prepared them for the battle. Y'all remember that, guys? If you don't remember, let me refresh your memory. I want you to check this out. Watch this clip. I, am I, I had to put it on. Crank it up. And I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men. And free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Right? Against that? No! We will run! And we will live! Aye? Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives but they'll never take our freedom! Let me tell you right now guys in the room if that doesn't fire you up We've got many petties out here in the lobby for you after the service is over. I mean, dude, that makes you want to swing a sword. Let's go, right? Listen, there's something in the heart of every man to go to war, to go to battle, to fight, to fight for something that's bigger than ourselves. Every warrior has a cause to fight for. And ladies, listen to me. I believe the same goes for you. It's not just the men. Guys, there's some princess warriors in the house this morning. There's some princess warriors who are watching online right now. And, and if you don't believe me, if, you, if you're in here, you're like, ah, Spencer, I don't know. I think it's just the man's job. Well, I'm going to just challenge you. Cross one of these ladies in the room. Cross their children. <laughs> yeah. 
go to a peewee basketball game. I have chosen deliberately not to sit with my wife at most basketball games. <laughs> no, really, I do. I usually sit by her most of the time. But hey, the deal is, man, women, you have a heart of a warrior too. God placed it in you to fight, to fight for things that matter. You know, Martin Luther King, he once said this. He says, if you haven't found something you are willing to die for, you aren't fit to live. Because I, I love how Craig Grishel says it. He's one of my, my mentors, a guy that I, I look up to a lot. He says it this way. He says, until you find the cause for which you are willing to die, you will never truly live. What happens is you get bored. You get bored. Without the right cause to fight for, we get bored and we start fighting for the wrong things. Guys, I've seen it so many times over the years. Guys who will fight against authority above them. They'll fight against their bosses. They'll fight against God. And they become rebellious. And in the process, they become self-destructive in so many ways. Because I've seen men and women who hurt the very people who they are called to love the most. They self-destruct and, and they, they take those who are, who are around them, their family, their friends, they take them down with them. They get bored and they do some of the dumbest things you can imagine. Because I've seen guys and girls both throw away their marriages in a moment of boredom. On one stupid, lustful desire, they self-destruct and they end up blowing up their entire family. Guys, I've seen them hurt people who they're trying to help them the most because a warrior without the right cause will become destructive. Guys, internally, you and I are craving something more. It's more than just kind of living and going through the motions. It's more than just, just living for the things of this world. You're craving something more because until you find something that, that, or some cause that is worth dying for, you're never truly going to feel alive. You're going to keep pursuing those things that don't fulfill you. Man, Saul of Tarshish was a great example of that in the New Testament. Before his encounter with Jesus, on the road to Damascus, his life was a disaster. He was a warrior without a right cause. In Acts chapter 8, verse 3, it says, But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he drug off men and women. He put them in prison. Guys, he killed innocent men and women because he was a warrior without the right cause. And when he encountered Jesus, what Jesus did was he changed all of that. Jesus gave him a cause that was worth dying for. And you know what? Eventually he did. He died for it. Guys, what I want you to understand this morning is that without a cause from heaven, you and I will fight the wrong battles over and over and over again. God gave you a heart of a warrior, but he will also give you a cause to fight for. So here's my question again on a personal level for you. What are you fighting for? Name it this morning. What is your cause? 
is that some of you, it better be your marriage. Some of you, it needs to be your marriage. Some of you, your marriage is not what God intended to be. And the enemy is desiring to kill, steal, and destroy everything that is valuable to you. And it's time, men and women, to go to war for your families, to go to war for your spouse. That's your cause. Your cause may be to say, you know, will you forgive me? Because I've not been the man or woman or the husband or the wife that God has called me to be. And today, I'm going to surrender my life fully to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to surrender to being the the type of husband and the type of wife that God has called me to be. Because I'm going to, I want to walk different spiritually. I want to be who God says I am. And I want our marriage to be what he wants it to be. Parents in the room, some of you, your cause needs to be your children. Because your children are walking away from the truth of God right now. And you may be a great warrior in your business or maybe you're a great warrior in sports for them, but you're passive as a warrior at home. Or you're a passive warrior for their spiritual growth. It's time to fight. It's time to fight for the right things. We should be fierce warriors Guys, we are to stand in the gap for our children and say, no, no, I, I'm going I'm to pray. I'm going to get on my knees. And I'm going to pray for my children. I'm going to love them back in. I, I'm going to coach them back in. I'm going to walk with them. I'm going to pray with them. You know, there's some of you in here, your cause needs to be your financial freedom. Because sadly, too many warriors buy into the lie that more stuff brings happiness. And right now, you're strapped so much financially that you can't hardly do anything for the kingdom of God because you have nothing left to give. You've got to come to a point where you say, you know what? Enough is enough. I will battle for financial freedom so that I can make a difference for the kingdom of God. Teenage warriors in the room. Those of you who are watching at home, maybe some of you, you're you're living down the line as a recipient of a generational curse. That That may be you. Maybe you have a father who is addicted to lust. Maybe his father was addicted to lust. Your grandfather had an affair. And right now you're continuing to follow in those footsteps. Students, God has created you to be a warrior. To stand for truth. To stand for purity. Listen, enough is enough, guys. It's saying, you know what? I'm going to draw a line in the sand. And I'm going to walk a life of purity. And I'm going to walk a life of integrity. I'm going to be a warrior for Christ. And understanding that you're going to defeat the enemy. If you make a decision today and you say, you know what? I'm going to be a warrior. I want you to know the battle's already been won. You're already victorious. Name your cause. Name it. 
Because without one, you're going to be fighting the wrong battles every single time. And you're going to be self-destructive. And you're going to hurt, hurt those who are around you. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I cannot say it enough. It is time to fight. It's time to stop being passive. What I want to do just real quick is I want to give you two ways we fight. Now, I, I, could, I could make this into a lot of different sermons. And we could go to the, with, and talk about the, the tools that we use. And look at the armor of God. And I'll challenge you to go and read about the armor of God. It's, it's, it's vital to your success as a warrior to know what your, your armor is. But I want to talk just a minute is, is how, okay? How do we fight? What do we need to do? Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Sometimes you got to throw the first punch. Sometimes you got to throw the, the, the first punch. Now, some of you are going to get mad at me. You're thinking, Pastor, you can't say that. We're, we're not supposed to punch. We're supposed to, to turn the other cheek. And yeah, that's true. Okay. But sometimes I believe we should throw the first punch. You know, when I was uh, in high school, my mom, she took a job as the principal secretary. Okay. Let me just say this. If your mom takes the principal, the secretary principal position, you're not going to be a very popular guy at school, okay? I'll just say that right away. But anyway, she was, uh, over and over again, she was called every name in the book. Every name in the book. And I remember uh, one that final day, I, I just, I'd had enough. And there was a guy who, who had came out of the principal's office. He comes up to me, looks me in the eye, and he describes my mom with this adjective, okay, as, as he's walking up to me. And without a hesitation, Troy, I went, boom, and I punched that dude right square in the nose. His eyes watered. He fell over. He's like, oh, and he's just like whining all over the place. And I'm like, don't ever talk about my mom like that. Don't you ever say anything about my mama like that. Listen, sometimes it's important to throw the first punch. My daddy told me, he's like, listen, if you throw the first punch, you better finish it. <laughs> and, and, and I know for some of you in this room, I, I know that's not the pastorly thing to do. But at the time, I wasn't a pastor, so it's okay. <laughs> but you still better not call my mama a name. Anyway, I'll forgive you, but, but I may punch you. That's probably not scriptural, but anyway, we'll do it anyway. But listen, sometimes you've, you've got to throw the first punch. And, and, and I'm not saying that you go out in the parking lot today and get into a fight or get in a fight at Walmart or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, if you remember a couple of weeks ago during our Allegiance series, I talked about how, you know what, your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy is not the person you're sitting next to in the pew, the enemy is not the guy who voted different than you. The enemy is not the guy who cut you off. That's, that's not your enemy. But we do have a real enemy, and his name is Satan. Guys, and, and I'm not telling you guys to, to be an uneducated brute, the men in this room, but what I am saying is that when it's time to fight the right spiritual battle, you fight. You're a spiritual warrior. And when you fight, you know what you do? When I fight, Shane, you know how I fight? I fight dirty. I'm going to kick. I'm going to punch. I'm going to poke your eyeballs out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to scrape. I'm going to fight. I'm going to do whatever it takes to beat you. 
Gentlemen in the room, listen, that's the way we fight as a warrior because when we are talking about spiritual battles, we are talking about life and death. It is heaven and hell kind of stuff that you have a spiritual enemy, like I said, who, who hates your guts and he's coming after you and he's coming after everyone you're lo- that you love. And I want you to understand it's time to fight. And sometimes, you know, the greatest way to fight is sometimes as a man, Right here. Sometimes this is the absolute greatest way to punch the enemy right in the nose. Why is it we don't do it, men? Ladies, why don't we do it? Guys, the second way that we need to fight this may surprise you, okay? Yeah, I, I, for those of you I know who want to throw the first punch, you're like me. Sometimes we do need to turn the cheek. Sometimes we turn a cheek. Guys, there are times when Jesus threw a punch spiritually, but a lot of times what Jesus did was he, he turned a cheek. Guys, if you remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was prepared to give his life for us, that the Roman soldiers, that soldiers, they show up, and one of Jesus' disciples went all gladiator on him. You remember that? Remember Peter? He pulls out his sword, you know, he's, and 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 he just he he's swinging for this guy's head. Okay, he's gonna he's wanting to kill him, but he actually misses, and he chops this guy's ear off. Okay, and and Jesus basically says in that moment, he says, "Pick up your sword and put it away." Put it away. Today, we're not going to fight with swords. What we're, we're going to fight with is we're going to fight with love. Guys, let me tell you what Jesus did. Guys, he fought the fiercest battle. And he did it by turning his cheek. And with a divine love that could only come from heaven... Here's what he did. He let them beat him beyond recognition. They blindfolded him and they beat him. They whipped him again and again and again 39 times until his internal organs were actually hanging out. They beat him until you couldn't even recognize him as a man. And then they nailed him to the cross. And at any minute, you think about this, at any minute, he could have spoken the word and fire could have rained down on these people. He could have destroyed them just with a snap of his finger. And yet he didn't. He fought the fierce battle that there has ever been known with love. And he said this. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Guys, sometimes that's the way you fight. Sometimes 
You've got to forgive those who hurt you. Sometimes you've got to absorb the pain. You've got to take it. Other times you're going to be humble and fight with love. And you're going to repent of your own sins and your own lack of leadership and your own lack of godliness and your lack of integrity. And you're going to say to those that you love, will you forgive me? I haven't been the man, I haven't been the man, man or the woman that God has called me to be. And some of you, you're going to fight like that. And it's going to be bold. It's going to be one of the greatest battles that you've ever had. You know, when the tomb rolled away and Jesus was alive, <laughs> the disciples, the men in that moment, that they couldn't believe their eyes. In fact, Jesus multiple times showed up and, and he ate with them. And he was trying to say, yes, it's me, it's me. Look at my hands. Put your fingers in the holes. And, and over and over again, he, he, he revealed himself to him. And they got to spend time with him. They watched him as he ascended into heaven. And let me tell you what those 12 warriors did. John, we know John, he died of an old, an old age. He went through several trials. He was persecuted in a lot of different ways. We know Judas, he deceived Jesus. He actually took his own life. But the other men, the other 10, they believed the battle that they fought was worth dying for. And 10 of those men did. I mean, what are you fighting for in this room? Are you fighting for something that matters? Ladies in this room, are you fighting for the things that really matter? Or are you trying to fight to get ahead? Are you trying to fight, you know, to, to be noticed? Are you trying to fight to, 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 to be seen in the community as something that it doesn't really matter at the end of the day? God's called us to so much more Christianity it, it's not a playground it's a battlefield it's not something that you do on the weekends it's your life it's how you walk Jesus he doesn't just become your savior he becomes the Lord of your life may we be a church that is full of warriors willing to give your lives for the cause of Christ because anything else in life, you are selling yourself short. You're selling yourself short. You were created by God, for God, for His purposes, for His glory. You have been given the heart of a warrior. Don't believe anything less. It's time to fight. Some of you have battles to win because your family depends on it. Understand that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you it lives inside of you you're a warrior created to make a difference on this planet